0: This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. It's beautiful to hear the sounds of children in the house of God. Amen. It's important to hear children in their sound in the presence of the Lord. And um, I want to keep to that theme today of our children. And uh, if you can stand with me. I don't have anybody back there. But Proverbs chapter number 22. Stand with me as I read one verse of scripture. And um, I'm going to keep to that theme today. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 22 and 6 says, train up a child in the way it should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. It is a principle. Everybody say it's a principle. It's a principle to live by. I'm going to read one more verse of Scripture before we pray and you're seated. It's found in Matthew 6, verse number 33. Very powerful verse of Scripture. Many of you can quote it. Just like Proverbs 22 and 6. It says this, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, And his righteousness, not self-righteousness, his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And everybody say amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Amen. Today, I want to talk to you about changing your legacy. Amen. Changing your legacy. So thankful for the body of Christ. Thankful for the Word of God. Somebody say amen. If you have not had an opportunity to really be disciplined in reading the Word of God or making yourself available to the body of Christ, you are doing yourself a disservice. Get into the Word of God. You may not understand everything, and you never will understand everything, but what will happen, I promise you, is that the Word of God will draw you to a place of strength and of joy and of peace, and in the Holy Ghost. It will take you to a place, which is the revelation, It is a—I like to say, that have a silver lining from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, and that is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It is the revelation that keeps us. It is that revelation that can change us. It's that revelation of who He is and who we are in Him that will ultimately be our salvation. I know the Word of God is true. And his promises are sure. We find in the New Testament church, the apostle Peter declared that the promise of salvation was and still is for everybody. Everybody say, for everybody. In Matthew, or in in the book of Acts, uh, chapter number 2, verse number 38, and we all know this scripture. It says, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you, look at your neighbor and say, that includes you. Every one of you, in the name of what? Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But we negate sometimes to follow through with the next verse because the Bible says this promise is unto you. And then he says, what else? And to what? Your children. So I want to speak today that this promise is unto you and unto your children. It is up to me to make sure my first mission field is fulfilled, and that is my children and my family. As a parent, I am a parent, or I am a man before I became a husband. And I became a husband, but before I became a a father, I was a husband. And God has to deal deal something within us as a man and as a woman that when we have the opportunity... To have children within our home. We are ready to receive the calling of God. And that is to make sure our children are saved. Our children are in a place that they can be called the sons and daughters of God. Our, the call is clear in scripture. That all people are called of the Lord to be saved. Just like when reaching out. And winning any other individual to the Lord. We as parents and family need to lead and guide our children. Somebody say lead. Somebody say guide. Guide, lead and guide our children and our family to a place in Jesus Christ. You say, Pastor, I don't have family here today. I'm not a mom. I'm not a dad. You have an opportunity to train and to witness to somebody. Somebody about the name of Jesus Christ. And I want to say something today. You as parents and people in this room, you can't just assume. One of the worst things you can do is just assume that one day your children will make up their mind to live for the Lord. Don't you assume anything. You make sure you lead and guide them into the place that they would be brought up in the righteousness and the right things of God. We cannot assume that just because our children are being brought up in a believer's home or in a church environment, they will, by osmosis, somehow catch salvation. Like you catch the cold. Some people are just, it, it, living for the Lord is not like catching the cold. It's not like something has to happen. It's something, even the flu is transmitted. God help you if you're carrying the flu today. Don't breathe on me. But if you have the Holy Ghost, you can breathe on me. You can fill me with your prayer. Fill, fill, we can come in agreement in the presence of the Lord. But as parents and as people and as the saints of God, we just can't assume and just hope that one day people will be saved. It doesn't just happen that way. We need people that are being dis- disciples of the name of Jesus. That, it's not a shame to say, I am called to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And, and I'm not going to just leave it to chance that somebody will know who he is. But I'm going to lead somebody To the Lord Jesus Christ. It takes preparation. It takes as the writer of Proverbs said. Which we already have read. Train up a child. In the way he should go. And when he is old. He will not depart from it. Just as the patriarch Noah heard from the Lord and prepared an ark for the saving of this household, so must we prepare our precious gifts from God to someday inhabit eternal habitations. We as parents and we as disciples of the Lord need to prepare the legacy of living for Jesus Christ. We have got to have something within our spirit that says that uh, I don't care what other people do, but I'm going to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. And whoever comes after me, I'm going to make sure that they have every opportunity. And they, I am leading them into the paths of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bible says, and which we read in Matthew six thirty three: Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Somebody say first. I don't seek anything else in this world, but seek God first. If the Lord sees fit for me to seek something else, uh, that I the pleasures of this world, that's fine. But I want to seek God first, and he will direct where my pleasure comes from this world. See, the Lord, when we seek him first, he'll turn off certain things that says, no, you shouldn't go there. Okay, this is a place that you need to be, because I'm calling you to do a work for my name. So first and foremost, we must set biblical priorities in our homes. And in our own hearts. There are priorities in a Christian walk. And I'm going to talk very plain but very very um, uh, easy perhaps today. And something you perhaps have heard before. But I feel the presence of the Lord telling me and reminding us of what we got to do in our homes. There are some priorities of the Christian walk that should be our, and number one, it should be our relationship with God then it should be our relationship with our family members and the involvement in ministry in our local assembly. These three things should be the central core values of our walk with God. There are a lot of people that feel as though they can seek God and live for the Lord and don't need the ministry of the body of Christ. You need the body of Christ. Let me, let me say it again. You need the body of Christ. Just as much as you need God, that body of Christ should be a draw to you. That you want to be a, party of, a part of a body of believers that, that has the same values, that has the same core values of you of walking after God, be seeking God first. There's nothing like being around people who love Jesus Christ. There's nothing like being around people that are sold out to the Lord. And I've been around people when I, when I wasn't living right and they were sold out to the Lord. It made me feel uncomfortable. You know... I, I was barely plugged in, and, and they were that 220. Every time you go around them, it's like, whoa, that's a little bit too much for me. But when you're on fire for the Lord, you can't get up, wait to get a hold of another 220. Say, I want to feel the charge of the Holy Ghost that's coming out of them. I want to feel that faith. I want to feel that fervency. There's an agreement that happens when you're on fire for the Lord and you come into contact with somebody else that has the same value in Jesus Christ. So Matthew 6, simply says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. We believe that the kingdom of God is inside of us, the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. The Holy Ghost, when it is poured out upon us, it is, a, it is the kingdom of God being restored into your life. So why would I, being filled with the Holy Ghost, negate the feeling of being around God's people who are part of the same kingdom? I want to be around people. Who are full of the Holy Ghost and have a desire to work in the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. Parents, people, we need to be like children of Issachar of old. In 1 Chronicles chapter number 12, verse number 32 says, And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. The same priority must also be exhibited and taught in our children. Seek God. First, Do I have a witness in here? Should we seek God first? We need to be a people that seeks God first. And when you don't know anybody and you walk into a house of God and you walk into a body of believers, you may not know them, but you know their spirit because they have been with Jesus. I understand when somebody is filled because I feel a connectivity. I feel a, a, a unity in them because there is a presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. We may like different things, but the one thing that we're centered on is Jesus Christ. You may like taco Tuesday, and I, like, I may like spaghetti on Tuesday, but that doesn't keep me from you because we have an agreement to, of Jesus Christ, and when we come into an agreement, there is power in that unity. So Bible teaches us to seek the kingdom of God first. From the time our children are old enough to understand and comprehend what we're saying about the Lord and his goodness, we need to stress to them that they need to know Jesus. You need to stress to them that they need to know Jesus. I talk to my kids and say, when you're not feeling well, pray. When daddy and mommy's not around, it's okay to pray. Pray. When when I'm around, they call me, we'll pray for them. That's fine. We'll pray with them. But when they're not feeling well and things aren't going, right, sometimes the closest name that you got is Jesus. And we got to teach our children. We need to teach our families that it's Jesus Christ and him crucified that has all the answers. It is him that is living inside of us. Nothing more beautiful than seeing children raised in the admonition of the Lord. We may love him. We may love our kids. We may love our family, but you can't save them. Jesus saves. I said Jesus saves. I can't save them, but Jesus can. So when daddy and mommy's not around, your friend and your loved one's not around, you need to introduce them to something that can save them no matter where they are, no matter what situation they're in, no matter who's surrounding them, they need to know there is a name that is above every name and every situation, every heartache and every pain, every trial. There is a name that we can call upon in a time of prayer, in a time of need. There is a name. So... We need to establish some things in our homes and our families, and that is establish a home environment that represents Jesus Christ, that represents His Word. Say, now, Pastor, you're going to get on, get on what's happening in my home. You know what's going on in your home. You know what you allow in your home and not allow in your allowing your home. It's up to you as the head of the home to establish a fence, to establish that, that guardrail to protect your home. We find in the in, uh, in in book of Nehemiah, when they started building the walls, he, did, he, he called for the men to build the walls that represented where their family was going to live. You know why he called for the men to, to repair the walls to where they were going to live? Because they were going to take particular care of those walls. They're going to take particular care of those walls walls and those situations, those, they were going to take particular care and make sure that they were going to do the best they can to protect their home. The name of Jesus needs to be impressed, if you will, upon the lives of our family upon the lives of our children, upon the lives of those that are around us. I've had people come into my home, and they start introducing certain things. I said, no, we don't do that here. No, we don't say those things here. And guess what? When they come back, they leave those things at the door. Why? Because I have a place of a sanctuary in my life. It's called my home that is set aside, set aside for God's purpose. This world has a lot of things going on, but I don't invite just anything into my home. Because it is a training ground. It is a place that my children and my wife can feel protected in the name of Jesus is to be declared. Amen. It is important for our children to know Jesus for themselves. It is important for my son and my daughter and my wife to know that just because daddy's the pastor doesn't mean that I have all the answers. I have the answer, which is in Christ Jesus. It is imperative for them to know that Jesus is where the answer comes from. I don't know how many times I've said it, but I don't have, when I don't have the answers, I turn to Jesus. And I tell people, I'm turning to Jesus because I don't have the answer, I don't have the way. People need to know that the answer doesn't come from a card or, or a certificate. Or, or or some kind of degree. It comes from the name of Jesus Christ and in his word. It is imperative for people to know and our children to know that everything comes from him. That's why it's important to have devotional time in your home. Set a time for your children to talk to them about the Lord. Because they have questions. Wonderful questions. Questions you may not be able to answer. That's okay. You tell them, you know what, I don't know the answer to this, but maybe, I know the Word of God teaches it. and I know a brother or sister that could help me understand what the Bible says about a particular topic. Does You know, what does the, the Word of God teach about abortion? What does the Bible talk about adultery? What does the Bible talk about these things? It's okay to ta- tell our kids and teach them the words of the Lord Jesus Christ so they can witness the love and the power of the Lord, somebody say amen it's clear in scripture that Noah he followed the voice in building the ark he followed the voice of the Lord when he built an ark, he prepared a way of escape for his family from the coming judgment now we all know, does everybody know about the the ark, Noah and the ark and how he built that ark and he built a place and uh, he didn't save anybody else except who his family. If that's the only thing that I accomplish when I go to heaven, I've I've done well. That I've saved my family. That I have prepared a way of an escape for my family from coming judgment. See, Noah was mocked. Some of us are going to be mocked for living a godly lifestyle in the home. You will be mocked. It will look like foolishness to some people. My praise may look like foolishness to people. But you don't know where the Lord has brought me from. You don't understand what the Lord has saved me from. You don't know how I once was lost, but now I'm found. You don't understand where the Lord has brought me from. He brought me out of darkness and brought me into this marvelous light when I'm heading down a road. I should not have gone down I thank God by his infinite wisdom and mercy that he corrected me and I thank God for parents that helped shoot this arrow in the right direction thank God for that Noah prepared this ark for the salvation of his family he made it big enough for anybody that wanted to come but he wanted to make sure his family first first and foremost was saved he was mocked, he was People made fun of him. They laughed at him. But the one thing that was so beautiful about him was consistent. I said he was consistent. Even though people make fun, even though people may poke things and may laugh, but if you remain consistent, I'm telling you, when those people run out of jokes uh, and they run out of things in their life, they're going to turn to somebody that has been consistent. My wife, we went to a, uh, we went to a hospital uh, last year and and um, we walked into a room to pray with the pray with this family, and we walked in this room, and we were expecting just a couple people, and there was a room full of people in this room, in this wedding room, and it was kind of like you open the door and you're like, whoa, I didn't expect all these people here, and all of a sudden the pastor walked in, and everybody got real quiet. It's amazing what happens when the pastor walks in, just quietness. And there was a my wife was was with me, and we were in this room, and. And uh, um, there was a man that his, they called him Bubba. I may have shared this story, but his name was Bubba. He was sitting in, in a corner, and after some con- con- conversation went on and talking about the, the, the treatment that was going to happen to this young lady and, and things, and this, this young man, they called him Bubba, he says, Teresa, I know you. And she goes, really? He, she goes, he goes, yeah, I remember you in school. He said, I remember when God changed your life. 25 years plus. And he remembered. And he says, you look and act the same way when God transformed your life. You talk about a life of consistency. God is looking for somebody that says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to this thing. I'm going to rejoice in this thing. And I'm going to be glad in this thing no matter what comes my way. Noah had a figure of consistency. He knew that judgment was going to come. didn't matter what foolishness was around him. He was going to make sure that he was in that ark of safety, but in comparison King Hezekiah, he had a failure to see the importance of a future legacy he, he, on the other hand, he, he, we well, let 's read in some scripture where king, a king named uh, 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 of Hezekiah, who, after being gravely ill, was granted an extension of time to his life but during those extended fifteen years to the dismay of the Lord, He showed his enemy all. His precious things. He showed the enemy where he could find the riches, where he could find the precious things that he had. He showed the enemy the inward places. He had literally cast his pearls before the swine. The Lord sent the prophet Isaiah to inquire about what he had done. Then came Isaiah in Second Kings chapter number 20. It says, then came Isaiah the prophet unto King Hezekiah and said unto him, what said these men? And from whence came they unto thee? And Hezekiah said, they are from a far country, even Babylon. If you understand anything about the history of Babylon, you'll understand that scripture. These people were about money. They were about the pride of life, the pride of having. They were seeking out to rob the king, and the king just invited them in to the precious places. Do not be deceived like King Hezekiah. Just say that the devil can come in and have free reign to your precious stones and to your precious children. We do not need to give way to anybody from Babylon that all they want to do is exploit. All they want to do is take what does not belong to them. But we need a child of God that will stand in the gap and say I will fight for the prizes that God has given to me. I will fight for the children that God has put in my care. Parents, you do not need to give the world access to your precious gifts. Hear me right now. Do not allow the world to have access to your precious gifts. Proverbs says this is a principle that if you train up your child in the way that it should go in the end they won't depart from it sometimes they, we, we say as parents and I've felt it in this house here today I've felt it in the in lives of people that I know that they, they have done everything they can to train up their child in the way that it should go and we pray that in the end they won't depart from it and why did they walk away from God let me tell you you have done everything you're supposed to do and let me encourage you today don't stop believing and don't stop praying don't stop believing in the Lord, and don't stop praying for your son and your daughter. You just keep building that ark of safety because one day they may come back in that door and come back to that place, and there needs to know they need to know there is an ark of safety for them to dwell in. But let us not be like Hezekiah. Give the world access to our treasures. We need to secure them in the home, secure them in a place that they can call. Home and safety. I was. This is uh, the next few statements I'm gonna make. It's not an advocate for one thing, and this was what we did for best for us. I began to see the toxicity of of this world that was influencing my kids, and I had to put a I had to put a stop to certain things. I had to put a stop to the schools in this world, I'm not preaching against schools, don't get me wrong, but there are certain elements in the schools and in this world that were dictating what my child should read, what they should do and how they should respond they were trying to teach my children things that I felt like that needed to come from me so I talked to my pastor, and I talked to folks that had done homeschooling, I began to go, we, we, we did some due diligence, and we started a homeschool process, and for me, that's what I needed to know, that my children are safe. I need to know that my children are not being indoctrinated by all the things of the junk in this world. I want them to know truth, and when they encounter this world, they'll know what's right and what's wrong. I don't want the world to teach them false items and false doctrine and false things, and then go to the word and then try to figure it out. Hear me today. You may not feel that same way and that's fine. But in my case, in our case, I felt as though that that I needed to protect my kids to let them understand the know truth and understand what the Bible says uh, so that when we go into this world, uh, they say, well, that doesn't look right. That doesn't act right. That thing is not right. That situation is not right. And it's not because of what I did, but it's because of what the Word of God says uh, and what the Word of God does. And now they don't get it all right, and I don't get it right all the time. That's why I need the Word of God to be disciplined in my life my spirit. So I challenge you here today to measure your legacy. Measure the gifts that God has given to you. And what are you doing to preserve? What are you doing to protect? What are you doing to make sure that that arrow that God has given you is pointed in the right direction? Let's stand together right now. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.